0: Hello, and welcome to Beer & Money, a financial fireside chat for tech professionals. We work to simplify your finances so that you can enjoy your life. Now, here are your hosts, Ryan Burkle and Alex Collins.
1: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Beer and Money. I'm your host, Ryan Burklow. With me, not gazing into my eyes, <laughs> Alexander Collins.
2: Hey, Ryan. How's it
1: going? Good, good. Uh, so we got some feedback around a topic that you all wanted to hear about. And uh, today's topic is going to be around college planning. And before we dive into that, let me just uh, start by welcoming uh, back our current listeners. Glad you guys came back. And then number two, for those of you who are new, uh, welcome to Beer and Money. Um, Where this uh, podcast um, really kind of came from was we hold financial wellness uh, programs at different companies, and we try to make those programs as low-key, convenient, and non-invasive as possible and relaxing. And so we, we hold them, and then we buy everyone a round of beers or some wine, and we just have a frank conversation around money to just open up that taboo topic. We called the event Beer & Money, and hence the transition to the podcast here as well. That's why we call this Beer & Money. Um, Feel free to visit us at beerandmoney.net, and you can uh, go to the website there and either ask us a question, um, or uh, maybe even find some answers out that you're looking for uh, financially.
2: We'd love to get a rating from you guys. Just let us know how we're doing, any feedback on what you'd like to see us do, topics for the future, things of that nature.
1: So uh, without further ado, let's jump into the topic here, Alex. So college planning, huge, huge topic um, yeah, we for have, Americans.
2: We could probably have an entire podcast series on just college
1: planning. And. It, it, what i'm very interested in i know i'm taking us down a, a rabbit hole already but we won't go there what i'm really interested in is actually where college what college will look like in 5 years from now let alone 8 10 12 years from now yeah i i think that 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 climate's going to change quite a bit
2: massively interesting topic but we'll see what happens in I mean, just take a look at the political debates that have occurred recently and whether or not college might be free. I think it's unlikely for college to be free. I think it's entirely possible that we might see some sort of uh, subsidized community college type program.
1: Yeah. So that, again, that's for a whole nother topic of what will college look like when your kid actually goes to college. (laughs) But for right now, let's talk about how college planning is and what programs are out there currently. And one of the top programs out there, plans that are out there are uh, 529 plans. And there are two types of these 529 plans. Um, One is prepaid tuition and one is asset based.
2: Sure. Uh, We're here in Washington State. Washington State's version is called GET, uh, which is Get Affordable Tuition Now. Uh, It is a prepaid tuition plan. It's based on the University of Washington. You're essentially... Prepaying for tuition credits at University of Washington. If you go to any of the other state schools, um, then you, you know, to credit transfer. um, So you might get a little bit more credit if you go to uh, Western or Central or WSU or or any of the other schools. Um, If you transfer out of state, it's based on what the. What the value of a credit at University of Washington is, and that dollar amount will will transfer to an out- of state school.
1: So that's on the prepaid tuition side.
2: Sure. And one of the important things to understand is you can only have one hundred and twenty five percent of four years worth of tuition. This is a tuition only program. It's not designed to pay for uh, room and board. It is it can be designed to pay for books. You can certainly use some of the money for one board, but you're just going to run out of dollars because you're not able to put enough into it.
1: Gotcha. So um, so essentially that is all specifically geared towards education specific to Washington State type, type program there.
2: Yeah. And it, like I said, it's transferable to other colleges, uh, private, other states, but it's just not a dollar for dollar. It's not a credit for credit transfer.
1: So let's talk about the asset-based uh, 529 plan. So th- this is money that you put into account um, that's tax-deferred, right? Correct. Uh, and when you pull it out, if it's pulled out for educational purposes, it's- Income tax-free. It's income tax-free. Is uh, all this going towards education?
2: Uh, absolutely, and the education is fairly loosely defined. I believe there's a an accredited golf school in Scotland that counts. Um, I've had a client pull dollars out to, you know, use for uh, a forklift school. Um, you know, they learned how to become a forklift operator. So there's there's a wide variety of uses of these dollars. Uh, it was recently passed that you can actually use them for uh, secondary education, like a private high school or something of that nature. Um, so there's a lot of flexibility with this. the 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 biggest upside is it works very similarly to a Roth IRA after-tax contributions, gross tax-deferred, tax-free access to it. Uh, now, if you live in a state with income taxes, there's another layer of complexity, um, and you definitely want to take a hard look at your own state's plan because there might be some additional tax advantages for you.
1: And the other piece that we haven't really gotten into on the asset base is you're, you're investing this money oftentimes. Correct. Right. So this is money that, like your retirement plan or like an investment account, you're picking investments with the hope of your money growing.
2: Absolutely. If, and if you're given a long time period, if your child is you know, under the age of 10, you're likely going to have some growth over those, those years. You know, it's a variable account, so it's nothing is certain. And as we get closer and closer to the child using the money for college, typically we're going to want to back off on the amount of risk that we're taking because we care more about those dollars being there than we do about the growth of them.
1: It's kind of like planning for retirement, right? Like that you're not going to typically uh, we don't see people staying aggressive as their child's getting closer to college because that money is needed <laughs> pretty soon. And they don't want to have the downside uh, of losing money when that money's needed for their child's education.
2: Absolutely. There is one huge difference between college planning and retirement planning, and that is with retirement planning, you're not spending 100% of your money in the first four or five years.
1: Okay. Fair. You can take that money divided by four. That's fair. You can't do that with retirement planning. But from the loss of money, it's still the same.
2: Oh, absolutely. And it, like I was saying that to mean that you're likely going to be even more conservative with your child's college money than you would be with, say, your retirement money. Because while you can't earn any more once you've reach retirement, you still have a long time period that you're going to have to be able to have a market recover or things of that nature. Whereas with college planning, if you get hit with a ma- major down market right before your kid goes to school, you don't want your money in the market at all because you don't have the time for that money to recover. You can't just go, oh, well, my it'll go to school in two years.
1: <laughs> we'll wait 20 when it comes back.
2: <laughs> that, that doesn't work. <laughs> Like the kid's going to school, and so like they need the money to be there. And, and as a result, we, we're much much more risk-averse in general with that money um, compared to, say, retirement planning or other other types of structures.
1: So let's talk about the funding limits uh, in those type of plans, Alex.
2: Sure. Uh, inside of 529 plans, uh, there, there really aren't a whole lot of limits most of the time. Uh, the companies will, will limit you to annual gifting exclusions. Um, now most of the 529 plans will allow you to do five years of advanced gifting all at once. Um, this is a, a per person gift, uh, meaning that, uh, if, uh, husband and wife and grandma and grandpa each give to one child, the, the limits That's are
1: four different,
2: four different gifts. Right. Um, and so then if you can also do the advanced gifting of like five years all at once, now you start getting to very significant dollars that can go into these account structures. Essentially, there's not a limit um, in terms of, of funding it for college purposes. Um, now Coverdell, uh, Coverdell IRAs, different story, it's per child, the limit's $2,000. This, as a vehicle, is essentially not talked about anymore because the the, the funding limits in terms of of what can be used. Once 529 plans came out, Coverdells essentially stopped being used.
1: Yeah. So before we go further with that, so the, the main one is that the 529 plan tends to be the most popular vehicle to use for college education or educational type purposes. There's pros and cons to it, right? As we were just discussing around, obviously you pull the money out, and it's, it's tax you know tax free if it's going for educational. Um, you've got the possibility of growing the money in the market. Um, and that also provides the cons of it as well. Like it's not guaranteed. It's not, um, uh, if you don't use the money, if your kid gets a scholarship and you want to use that money for something else, that's, that's different.
2: There are are exceptions for scholarships. So if your kid does get a scholarship, you can take uh, dollar for dollar out for the scholarship without hitting penalties. So there is some flexibility there. You do have the ability to transfer it between kids. So if one kid gets a scholarship and the other one doesn't. There's ways to to go ahead and use that
1: money. Right. Uh, So,
2: and generally speaking, the closer that you are towards uh, using the funds, the more of a fan I am of the prepaid tuition plans. The the longer you are from needing that money, the more I'm a fan of the asset-based
1: plans. Right, that makes sense. So that's the main plan for that. Now, there are other assets that, people can utilize to to actually pay for for college education that I think sometimes they forget you can actually do. And one of them is the Roth IRA.
2: Yeah, I'm a big proponent of fully funding your Roth before you put any dollars into the 529 plan. Uh, Roth dollars can be used for higher education. There's a lot more flexibility with it. It's not single-use dollars, meaning that if the kid does wind up with a scholarship, okay, great. You just leave it in the Roth for yourself for retirement. There's a whole heck of a lot more flexibility with that type of a, a structure um, no, I mean, it's not all, you know, like everything. It's not just the best thing since sliced bread. So we need to make sure that we're doing proper planning and you need to sit down with a professional and make sure that you they understand your situation. Um, so that's not a carte blanche. Always do a Roth IRA before a 529 plan. Generally speaking, we wind up doing that.
1: So Roth IRAs you can use. You already spoken in the Coverdell IRA, which doesn't – not many people are using that anymore because because of the 529 existing.
2: Well, and because, because of the income rest- – the, the, not
1: the income. Oh, the, and the contribution limit, $2,000. Yeah, $2,000
2: per child for the year.
1: Um, then there's just your standard investment brokerage account, right? Like you don't have to put money in a specified account for a specified use. You can use money wherever. Um, for that, and a brokerage account could be that that piece.
2: Sure, you lose some of the tax advantages, but you do wind up gaining uh, the ability to have long-term capital gains treatment. You can also wind up using that money for other things, a down payment on a house, uh, pay for a wedding, starting a business, there's a lot more flexibility there. And so for, for that reason, some clients choose to have more, more flexibility and more control over those assets. And, like then there's an entire conversation that we should have about, okay, do we open the account in the parent's name, in the child's name, jointly? Like, there's an entire conversation to be had there. We're going to gloss over that for today. Uh,
1: and then uh, another one that is, it does pick up steam now and then is the permanent life insurance um, aspect because of you can put money into the your permanent life insurance policy. And we had a, an episode on permanent life insurance where permanent life insurance policies, some of them have uh, a secondary bucket of money that they call cash value that grows tax deferred and you can actually pull that money out. Um, you can get access to that money tax-free. And so with those type of benefits, that that can also be used um, for funding of, of college for your children.
2: Absolutely, and this is one of the... One of the vehicles that is FAFSA friendly, FAFSA being the the federal uh, student aid form that anybody who's applying for any type of student aid, uh, whether it's actually getting a grant or a scholarship or something of that nature, or just simply getting a subsidized loan, um, that has to fill out.
1: So those are the other acid-based type methods you can utilize for uh, funding of, of college. Uh, and, then, and then there's there's clearly the ones, you know, the people that can save a, a decent chunk of money, you know, maybe you're saving 30, 40, 50 plus thousand dollars a year. You could just stop saving that money for a, a period of time to pay. And that money is used to pay for your kid's college, right? You don't always have to pull it from assets. You can pull it from cash flow.
2: Yeah, in cash flow, there's a couple different types of, of cash flow savings str- strategies for college. Um, one is if you are currently saving for college, 200 a 300 500 $1,000 a month, whatever it is that you're doing, simply stop that payment and apply uh, whatever that, that savings vehicle was to whatever the cost of college is for your child. Now, is that... Likely to be the be all end all? Uh, no, it's not likely to entirely pay for college, but it, it can knock a significant chunk in it. Uh, when we were talking, about, uh, when we we're walking through kind of our planning meeting for this, we talked about like, okay, hey, if somebody's paying twenty five k a year for college, and they're saving four hundred dollars a month, well, that's roughly five grand. That's about twenty percent of your college, you know, bill on an annual basis, just by no longer putting money into whatever your preferred method of savings is, Roth IRA, 529, brokerage account, permanent insurance, whatever it is, simply stop that payment. And now you've got 20% of your college paid for.
1: Right. And, and another, and this is a combination of asset-based method, if you will, and a cash flow planning method, right? You don't have to pull all of the money from assets or all of the money from savings, uh, your savings um, habits, to fund college. Um, You can, you know, an example that we did in a previous podcast was if you have money, um, you know, set aside in a a brokerage account or some other account, you pull that money out and you go purchase real estate at the, you know, on maybe near college campus. And then that real estate, you can then rent out to different students. And then that rent coming in the door, if it's above the mortgage, that helps um, supplement some of the funding for the kids college. And then the other kicker to this is when your child is done with college, you could possibly resell the property and get your money back and or maybe even get some growth on your money so you didn't lose all of the money. And I hate to use the word lose when it comes to your kid's college. But the fact is, is that money's off your balance sheet. Is there, is, are there ways to recoup some of that money that you're funding for your kid's college? Because it's not just... 50 grand a year times four. So let's call it $200,000. It's not $200,000 that is off your balance sheet.
2: It's all of the growth of that, that $200,000 would have had had it remained on your balance sheet.
1: A lot more than $200,000.
2: Oh, absolutely.
1: Right? So um, there's several different ways to fund college. There is no one size fits all. So I apologize if you came into this, this podcast hoping <laughs> to find the answer for you uh, because there are so many different methods to do it. What we'd have you consider is this, you know, Alex already alluded to it. You know, we are a big fan of having our dollars work for us in in more than one use. And oftentimes these accounts are set up in such a way that they're single use dollars um, that you can only use it for a college education.
2: Because as Americans, we think so tactically, you know, we think like, oh, for retirement, I should do a 401k. For college savings, I should do a 529 plan. Yeah. Like, and so it becomes a very tactical thought process as opposed to, all right, wh- ha- what happens if things change and our kid gets a full-ride scholarship, academic or athletic? like, What happens if they go into the military and now the GI Bill is picking up some or all of their undergrad schooling? Like, wow, these are amazing things. And we need to figure out, like, okay – how would that fit into our plan? And then how does our plan change if these things occur?
1: Back to thinking strategically is what we're looking at here. Not to say that 529 plans are bad. It's not. not the point of this. Matter of fact, oftentimes we're telling our clients to put money in a 529 plan. It's just not the only plan. It's not the only place they're putting money. And we'd re- we want to have our clients' dollars work as hard as possible. You know, here's another example. What if... A client has money in several different types of buckets of money, and they could just yank the money out and pay for their kid's college. What if that same person just went and got a loan to pay for their kid's college for the next four or five years or six years or, you know, the 30-year plan that I was on? My, my parents love that. But, <laughs> but what if you could get a loan and the loan was, and I'm making up numbers here, 3.9% or something like that? but your investments are getting 5 6%. Do you really want to pull money out of your investments to fund your kids college or would you rather take that money from a loan, pay it back over time and have your money work harder for you?
2: Yeah, essentially in that situation you're you're leveraging the difference between the two and so you wind up with, you know, if it's a 6% rate of return on your investments over a 15-year time period, and you're paying four percent on your loan. Okay, you're gaining two percent on whatever the balance is every year that you have that. It's a good thing, not a bad thing.
1: Right. And so it's it's not, it's not. Um, I guess what we're getting at here is having all of your money in one account for one specific use is not the the most efficient use of your dollars.
2: Well, it also doesn't create balance. It almost ensures that. You're likely going to have some amount of suboptimal planning simply because the likelihood of you having picked exactly the right structure, exactly the right investment, is is very small. You know, one of the other things that we haven't talked about is what, going back to the real estate example. Like, okay, if you wind up having your your kid manage the real estate for you in you know, their sophomore year, their junior year, their senior year, like, okay, now in addition to them getting a college education, they're also getting an education on how to be a landlord, how to better manage money in, in somewhat of a controlled environment. Like, You're always there, you can always step in, but it then provides an additional amount of knowledge, learning, leverage on on how to go about doing these things.
1: So much of this is uh, thinking outside of the traditional approach box. And not that the traditional approach can't work. That's not what we're saying. It's more of looking at the entire picture to see, is that the most efficient way that you want to do? Another example, and I've been thinking about this a lot lately with my kids, Do I want to pay for their college or do I want to say you pay for your college and at the end, or you don't pay for your college, let's just get a loan, fund your college, and at the end, I'll either pay the loan off or I'll just write you a check for that amount and you can start a business or you can do something else that opens that kid's mind up to do what they want. Obviously I'll put per, <laughs> some limits <laughs> on there. Like, this is not a $300,000 check for you to go buy the brand new Ferrari or something like that, right? right? But it gives your child another way mm-hmm. of looking at what they can do with their life.
2: Absolutely. I've also seen parents that have have said stuff like, okay, I've got you know 20 grand a year for you to go to school. If you wanna to go to University of Washington, and live at home, great. You can pocket the rest. If you want to go to Stanford, and it's going to cost you fifty k a year plus living in southern in northern California is going to cost you an extra fifteen. Like, okay, yeah, you're going to come out with some debt. Now, I've, I've there were a lot of folks that I knew that had their college completely paid for, and a lot of the folks that had their college completely paid for didn't get nearly as much out of it as those folks that that had to work or that came out with debt. The goal is to make sure that, that they take it seriously. And so there's a host of different methodologies that, that I've seen around that, like, you know, their report card becomes their job. And so they get, you know, a certain dollar amount or a certain percentage of their tuition or their expenses paid based on their, you know, what their grades are. Um, you know the, when you were talking about like hey at the end I'll cut you a check either for to pay off your loans or to for you to start a business or whatever you know oftentimes i've seen that that's when the check gets cut like hey let's if you made dean's list or better 100% paid for if you made you know a 3.0 or better you get 80% or whatever like have them have some skin in the game which then you know makes them work harder it, they're going to get more out of it that way
1: so today's podcast, we're hoping you get um, several pieces actually here of value. Uh, a, you know, what are the different funding vehicles uh, to, to fund for the kids' college? B, we hope you have maybe, maybe a different mindset of multi-use dollars versus single-use dollars. And then lastly, have a conversation with your spouse and maybe a financial advisor or planner that will sit down and maybe ha- ask you, what is it you want college to represent for your kid? What type of value do you want that to bring? And how is the most efficient way to fund this? Thinking outside the box possibly might be in that conversation. And it may not, but at least having that type of conversation is way different than crap, I need to figure out how I need to start saving four or $500 into a 529 pan that's gonna pay for my kid's college.
2: I mean, depending upon if you left it to the last minute, like it might be, hey, I need to figure out how to save $1,500 a month. That might not be realistic. So Um, almost certainly some sort of balance between, you know, one or more of the cash flow based planning tools as well as the asset based planning tools is going to be the best solution. It's just finding out and figuring out what the right mix is for you i mean heck there's one plan that ryan and i are familiar with where you know essentially the child pays for their own college through their inheritance 45 years down the road it's way too complicated to go into this podcast but if you have questions reach out to us we'll happily walk you through it
1: so we hope you got value today again visit us at beerandmoney.net with questions Um, You know, if you got value out of this podcast, especially those of you who who have a child that you're really starting to look at college planning, if you have value out of this podcast, share it, right? Share it with them so that your other friends, so that they can also see this. Because I guarantee you, this is a popular topic and your other friends are considering the exact same thing you're considering. And because money is a taboo topic... If you just posted on social media and said, hey, this was a good, a good one that opened my eyes to something, they might get something out of it too. So with all that being said, uh, we hope you have a good rest of your day and
2: cheers.
0: This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be construed as tax, legal or investment advice. Although the information has been gathered from sources believed to be reliable, please note that individual situations can vary. Policy benefits are reduced by any outstanding loan or loan interest and or withdrawals. Dividends, if any, are affected by policy loans and loan interest. There may be a tax consequence as a result of a loan and or withdrawal. Please speak to your financial professional regarding your individual situation. The 529 plan is a tax-advantaged savings plan issued and operated by a state or educational institution that helps families save for college. Investments in 529 plans are not insured by the FDIC or any other government agency and are not deposits or other obligations of any depository institution. Investments are not guaranteed and are subject to investment risks, including loss of the principal amount invested. Tax implications vary significantly from state to state. Talk to your financial professional in regards to your individual situation. Guardian does not issue nor advise for real estate investments. Talk to your real estate professional. Guardian does not issue nor advise for student loans. Talk to your student loan professional. Ryan and Alex are registered representatives and financial advisors of Park Avenue Securities, LLC. OSJ thirty five eighty five Maple Street, number one hundred forty, Ventura, California, nine zero nine three nine nine one one zero zero. Securities products and advisory services offered through Park Avenue Securities member of FINRA, SIPC. Financial representatives of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. Park Avenue Securities is an indirect, wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Quantified Financial Partners is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Park Avenue Securities or Guardian. Number 2020 expiration January 2022.